0: Seigo, sewa guego. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to our Yohate Hotte the Road to Your Name podcast, focusing on Haudenosaunee cultural topics recorded on Haudenosaunee territory. Our podcasts are produced by Aboriginal Legal Services with the technical assistance of True Seed Media. My name is Lisa Venevery from the Mohawk Nation and the Wolf Clan. I'm the coordinator of the Yohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name program, and the host of the podcast. This is the Yohate Negasuna, the Road to Your Name podcast series. This episode of Yohat de Negosona, the Road to Your Name, our guest today is Brandon Lazor. Brandon is a talented, multi-talented artist, and he's from the Onondaga Nation. And we're so happy to have him visiting us through technology today, through the internet. So say go, Brandon go how are you? Oh, pretty good. Now, a little background. Brandon and I met when, I think it was in 2019, when the Cultural Center in Brantford was doing a Ongwe Hoi Festival. And we got Brandon invited him to come and put his talents to work on the fence, the long fence at the Woodland Cultural Center. And it was quite a long fence. And they wanted to display some of our wampum belts. And Brandon is such a talented muralist. I guess, is that how you say it, Brandon, a muralist? You do murals?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you could say murals and it's just artists along. It would uh, encompass everything.
0: Oh, OK. So that's how I met you. And you came and did that project, which was, which was really fun. You got people in the that were at the festival to help. And then ultimately that piece of art became like a, a destination for people who wanted to take selfies. <laughs> it was promoted like that in our community.
1: Awesome, awesome. I remember there was a mural that was already pre-done that we incorporated into it also.
0: Yeah, that was done by a group of youth in the community. They called themselves the Group of Six, and it was all young people who were artists. They're still artists at the time. The Group of Six is still going, and the Group of Six, I think, was mentored by an artist here in the community, Betts Dockstader. And she looks after the youth in the group of six. But yeah, I every time I go by the fence, that fence, that art piece that is there, I think of you and your family when you came to visit the community and wondering how you all are there and you're at Aquasustine.
1: Yeah, yeah. right now we live in Aquasustine and everything's good. We've grown bigger since then. I have another boy now and all is good. I'm happy and blessed. I couldn't ask for much more.
0: Yeah, it was so nice having your family visit here and getting to know you a little bit and your artistry and I know that I have one of your prints of art. It's the wampum belt one where you did all, I think you put 21 wampum belts together What inspired you to do that?
1: You know, as we do new paintings as artists, there's a lot of like research and like history we have to learn. We're almost like historians because if we want to put anything that has historical value into it, you got to know what it is and the most correct version, if not the correct version of what you're trying to paint and put out there to the world. And this about Uh, This 21 wampum belt painting was me trying to learn the belt. Everyone knows the four or five belts you see all the time. But with this, I want to dig deeper, knowing that more belts existed, hundreds of belts. I kind of wanted to dive in and do my own research, learn I was really fascinated with wampum belts. It's something that I wish we would revive and go by again, using the belt as our law. And and for big events, that we bring that back up and put strength into having those belts. So I wanted to display these belts in a painting that to show people, maybe even younger people, older people who didn't know, that there's more belts out there than just the ones that you would normally see. There's a deeper knowledge to us than just the main stories. To dig deeper, there's a lot of things that haven't been like exposed or shown to the masses. And I wanted to put that out there. You might've never seen this belt, but uh, go read about it, go find out about it, go learn about it and, and learn a little bit more about yourself in the process. Yeah, for
0: sure. Yeah, I'm quite fascinated with wampum belts too. And sometimes they have, I think twice now they've had it in the community where they've brought out the original belts and we've been able to touch them and feel their energy. And I think it's so important. We need to know more than the four or five belts that we see all the time. You're right. So let's go back a little bit. And what inspired you or when did you know you wanted to be an artist? I
1: would say like when I was a young kid coming into my teenage years. I see I grew up in the city down in Syracuse, Had kind of like on the res, off the res deal, city Indian type deal. Like, So I grew up in the city around going to public school and I got turned on to the graffiti that was on the highways in Syracuse, the graffiti like murals and pieces and stuff. And I would go to this little hip-hop shop where you could get magazines back then of graffiti and art like that, street art. Yeah. And so I got my like introduction into art through that, through doing graffiti, and getting a little older than starting to do murals on corner stores in the city. So I was always, my, my beginnings was doing murals in the public, and but it was just graffiti element, no woman element, and it was just kind of like that. So that was my introduction to art, and then through that, I got to meet a couple of cool guys that kind of helped me and educated me on art. These were the first guys i ever seen that had drawing tables, had like all kinds of sets of markers and paints and stuff like that like me as a kid i never had that stuff because i was never art stuff is expensive you know what i mean yeah so when you see like your peers and other people like older than you and and you get to know them and you see how their setup is and how they're taking it seriously not just drawing you know and you and i seen them taking it seriously like art so i got more into it bought a sketchbook started doing sketching And I did all that, and then eventually I got older and went to work and fell back off of art for years. I moved to D.C., I started doing construction. I did that for, like, 10 years living down there, and I really didn't do a lot of art in that time. And after that, like, around 2008, the economy was crashing, so they gave us, like, a choice to either take a pay cut or a layoff. I was missing home, the culture and everything. So I was like, I'll go home. So I ended up going home and uh getting back into art i mean sarah my wife I was like, you can't see him on here but she sees him. <laughs> yeah um, we got into my met my wife sarah and uh got back into art and like something that it was a there was a good hiatus from it and then i got back into it and was like hey because i bumped into one of the old friends like i was telling you about what came up under kind of deal. And when I came back into the area, he had a tattoo shop. So my introduction back into the art was drawing tattoos for people. I don't have any tattoos personally, but I have over like hundreds that I've drawn for people and they have on them. Mm-hmm. So I sat there and started getting slowly back into art that way. And then uh, we would sit around and just draw all day, you know, in the tattoo shop. Because I would like be like, hey, can you draw this up for me? And then he'd do the tattoo. So I was helping out in some kind of way, get a couple bucks from it. And after that, I went to school. And then I started first doing canvases and learning about art history and how artists would do self-portraits. These famous artists, Rembrandt and all them, they would do self-portraits. I went back to school. And as I come back into Syracuse, I'm hanging back around. And I'm seeing or bumped into an old buddy who has a tattoo shop. So I started hanging there and started drawing again. And as I was in there drawing and I was in school at the same time, and I'm learning art history about these artists, Rembrandt and all these other artists that would do self-portraits throughout their years. They would do it at different times, maybe 10-year intervals or whatever. So... What I did was, hey, I'm going to try my first self-portrait. I'm going to, you know, I only did sketchbook kind of like on paper with markers. I decided, hey, I'm going to try and do a painting because I'm I'm, like learning about all these different classic artists and these oil paintings and all this stuff. And it's hyping me up and getting me like, like, I want to try this. So I went out and bought a canvas and I said, I'm going to do my first painting is going to be my self-portrait. And so I did that. And um, after doing that, I fell in love with it. I was like, oh, my God, this is what I want to do. I get to keep this. I get to own it. I get to share it. I get to sell it. I can make prints of it. I can do all these so many things with this image. And it can end up in a place like a museum. And and, And who knows, one day this could actually be my profession. So I took it serious after. After that. And I re- that's when the, I was like, I went and did the work in the construction and all that. And this is something that I enjoy doing. I'm going to give it my all and see where it goes. Yeah. And I've kind of been doing that ever since and just putting out painting after painting and just of uh, what comes natural to me. I don't really, there's like an idea, like a brief idea will come of it. But as I'm like it's doing the painting, it like the, the painting kind of paints itself. There's not a lot of pre like planning and stuff like that. I just go right into it and just let it become what it is. I don't fuss about if there's a if I messed up or I had to change a whole section even though I like the way it looked, because the mistake of learning how to paint and the mistake of there's times in a painting where it's to a point to where you're like, wow, it's really looking good and all that, but I want to try to add something or do this little thing to it and it can completely ruin the painting if it don't look right, but you got to come to terms with it and just do it because you want it to naturally come out and you don't want to be afraid to push yourself to becoming a better artist, even though at risk of maybe ruining one of your paintings, you'll have thousands of paintings, you'll don't worry about it, push the envelope every time you can. Try to keep expanding as an artist and keep moving because uh you don't want to get stagnant because you'll stay in that time frame i look at tattoo drawings i drew that were like years ago and i was like oh my god i can't believe i drew that for somebody i can't believe because you grow as an artist and you can see it through your art it's like a it's like a photo like of you when you were younger kind of deal yeah
0: you know what i mean yeah Uh As a person who is not a visual artist, I do know what you mean. I'm a, I do my art through writing. So it's, I think as indigenous people, we're, we, um, we're so fortunate to have creativity given to us by the creator and, I re- I really gravitate toward how we think of our creativity and we mesh it together with our spirituality when we're doing art. And can you talk a little bit about that how your spirituality comes into your art?
1: Um yeah, like yeah, ever since I was a young kid, even uh, you know, I always went to the longhouse even growing up in Syracuse in the public school. My father would always make sure that those, those times when ceremonies were going on, I was taken out of school and at the ceremonies. Mm -hmm. So I would would have like special like holidays where I wouldn't have to go to school growing up because I'd be at the longhouse during those days. Learning whatever was at school at that time wasn't important. I always grew up in the longhouse. My grandfather was uh, a condole chief. And a lot of my family members, my father's a faith keeper. A lot of my family were all traditional. So it's the way we were brought up, sitting in the house. Growing up, and I remember there wasn't really a lot of, my grandfather didn't have too much TV going on. So when people would be over to visit, it always would be talking in the living room. The, uh, those conversations would always be going on about the Confederacy and history and all these other things. And people, once you get into it, you can sit there in four hours and go by like nothing. Just talking about stuff. And and those, would, those things would kind of always go on, like naturally. So I always had that. And then as I got older, I started like getting away from the long house. I don't know if this is my story or if a lot of people go through it, but as you get in your teens, you get away from it. You get a little older into your 20s, late 20s. You start remembering things. You want to go back and learn more. And that was my kind of journey. I got away. I moved away to D.C., lived off the res, did all these other things. But then I kind of yearned for it. I wanted it back. I would see all these other people with the culture. Because when we're away from our territories, it's like, there's nothing there for us. That's our culture. You know what yeah. I mean. You gotta come back to it to get it back mm-hmm. to get that feeling you kind of miss or whatever, or the taste of corn soup and all these like little things that we've just seeing beadwork and people selling beadwork and all the like things that happen a lot amongst us in our territory. Mm-hmm. Those things you start to miss. And you get a little taste of it when you come back for a little bit. But when you fully move back, I wanted to be engulfed in it. I wanted to learn as much as I can about it. Things that I remembered when I was younger, I wanted to learn more about it. My curiosity sparked it. And plus, I had artistic talent. So that kind of fell upon me putting it into art. I would always want to see more of our artwork, but It's. I feel like now we have uh, tons of artists that are coming out and you're seeing more of our art. But in the 80s, there was only like a handful of artists maybe putting stuff out to the early 90s and stuff like that. And uh, we're like blossoming as a people, even all women from all over the place are. You know what I mean? It's like we're coming out of our shell. We're telling our stories now through our art. We're we're. Being and getting to higher places as a people, I feel like. I would have never thought that I would have artwork in a museum. Not coming from where my roots were as a graffiti artist, I never thought that I would be doing art for a profession and having my artwork respected and being on podcasts and doing talks and doing classes and doing all this stuff for art. And it's and it's come um, so naturally that it wasn't like I ever had to pursue this. It's like it, this path was laid before me. You know what I mean? It's not. Like I'm, um, I'm clawing for it to be this like great artist and, and to get these accolades and all that. It's I'm just going with the flow and living life and meeting people and hearing different stories and just sharing my artwork. Because when I put this out, this is like me. You know what I mean? I'm putting me out to the world. This is the art I create. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking about. It's based on this because I've been learning about this recently, or, or. Or it's just something I just want to put out that's different and I just want to express it that way. And I don't want us to be boxed into our artwork and our designs and all of this is just only this and it can't grow and expand and become something more than what it was hundreds of years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: So as an artist now, where you are in your journey today, what is a typical day like? Do you work every day? Do you work when you're only inspired to work or do you do commissions or what are you doing?
1: I would say I work every day if I'm not busy doing family stuff or or some, somehow or way, I'm creating art or something art is involved, whether it's emailing, setting up an appointment for this, or just business as it, because I do it full time now as, as my like main income. So I'm, I, I'm busy with it. Either I'm ordering merchandise or something like that. It just uh, become a way of life for me now. It's just every day is... Mixed with kind of family and business all at the same time. Like, I, I wake up and do art as my business, but at random times of the day, I might have to stop and run to my son's school, or I might have to go do this, or run and pick this up, or things that don't have to do with what I'm doing as far as art. It's just a part of the day with me. I try to keep things real relaxed. I don't stress a lot on a lot of things. I let, I let a lot of things just... Breeze on by me because I don't feel like there's any time for stress. I wish people could like really understand that. That do stress a lot. Just try your hardest to like let little things go that don't need to be stressed about. But everybody's different and everyone's their own thing. But me, I like just live a non-stressful life, and just go with the flow of it. Just like my artwork, I just go with the flow of it. Into the next painting, on to the next one. I try to not change the change the subject into every next. Like how I did wampum belts one and then I'll do smoke dancers or I'll do like uh, just symbols like the tree, like a silhouette. I got so many ideas also for paintings that I just don't have the time sometimes to get to them. Like I want to start moving on into master paintings, bigger paintings. But right now, as I'm doing these smaller ones, I'm kind of doing a study and teaching myself. How to master these borders I've been doing. Learn how to work smaller sections of the painting into more detail. Getting more detailed and adding more subject to the painting to look at. So I want to have a more complete painting with not too many, um, I guess not too many spots where there's a lot of not seen in it. Just background.
0: Okay, so I had this question about when you're talking about putting more detail into your paintings, I did see a, a painting of yours, I think it's recent, the, it's a man, and the man is stretched out like this. What's the name of that one?
1: It kind of went under two names, it was Standing in Two Worlds, or Two Worlds, or Haudenosaunee Man. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. And that one had a lot of detail, I noticed, on it. Yeah, so that's what you're talking about. You're starting to put more detail into your work. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, yes. I want to add more detail to it, more things to look at, and just working on taking small spaces, painting into them, and seeing how much I can do. So when I do take it to a bigger painting, when I'm already used to doing small sections of it, and creating little like scenes or paintings in the small sections. It's all, um, it's all practice for a big grand painting to at least once a year put out like a, what I would call like a master painting or something like that to where you say, all right, I'm gonna try and put my best effort into this, everything I, I, I know to this point, I'm gonna try and put it in this painting and create m- my master painting that I can do right now and this is what it's gonna be and then do that i feel like we got to do that because we got to push ourselves to say hey where am i it's like a weightlifter okay this is how much i can max ring i'm saying this is it but right now this is all max so i like to do that because i like to Like I said, look back at older paintings and see have I gotten better or have I gotten worse or am I still like at this level, you know? I do that to judge myself and critique myself. Have I gotten better? Am I getting to the point that I want to be at? Because I don't think you ever get to that point. Then you're you're not striving to be better. I feel like, you know, but am I hitting the markers that I want to hit? Am I doing the trees like the way I I inspired to do them or or the vegetation or the Animals or whatever, am I coming across? Is it coming across the way that I intended it to? Yeah, am I able to pull that off and challenge myself? Wow, I don't know how to paint that. Let's paint it and see how close we can get it.
0: Yeah, for it's sure. good to it do is that. good to do that with everything in our lives. Try to yes. strive to be better. So, where could we see, say, publicly, where could we see some of your art and maybe other? pieces of your art, where can we get some
1: of your art? Yeah, publicly your way in Brantford, over there at the I forgot the name of that. What was
0: the name of that place? The Woodland Cultural Center.
1: Yeah, Woodland Cultural Center. There's a be a, there's a fence along the side there, what we talked about earlier in the podcast. That's a mural I did. You'd have to probably go to, like, Syracuse. I did a few there. I have a few in Ithaca, down in the Commons, a Seneca Street, Bus Stop. I, that's one of the first murals I did as far as Nguyenwe Art. Syracuse University, there's art installation I recently did there. And I talked about a lot of important things that deal with us. Some places you can't really see because it's, like, an elementary school I painted in. Like, thump, you can't really, like, just go in there. You know, I have murals all throughout. But as far as seeing my artwork, I'm on Facebook and Instagram is Brandon Lazor. Um, I have a website, www.artworkbybrainlazor.com. I pretty much post anything I'm doing. Right now, I'm getting ready to post this whole set of clans that I just did i just need to take the photos of it i literally just finished it so i'll be posting that within the next week it's a clan series if you'd like to buy a set or your clan or or whatever. It is. See, when I do my art, a lot of times I think of teachers and people who are educating that can use these images to educate with. It's a lot of education behind it. You can check out my website, and if you see anything you like, or you can direct message me on social media. I'm not hard to get a hold of. You can talk to me. Feel free to ask any questions you like.
0: So that's great. Some artists they'll have their art and they'll say, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna merchandise my art on everything: fridge magnets, eyeglasses, lunch pails." What are you? What are you doing? Any of that or T-shirts or I
1: just did like blankets recently, like these fleece blankets with some images on it. Yeah, it's, sometimes I'll get things like tote bags done or something like that. It could be as simple as someone requesting, "Hey, I like that image." Can you make it into a thermos for me so I'd like it on a the thermos so when I go to work I can have a warm cup of coffee or tea but with your that image on it. I do stuff like that also it just depends some images that I do like the limited edition ones and the like things like that I won't do it. There's just too much content on it. There's too much stuff that you wouldn't see the detail, you, when you shrink it down to something small like that, it just don't make sense to have it like that small. No, it just depends on the merchandise and what it is and what I feel like would look good on that merchandise. Some things just don't look good, if you know.
0: And are you an artist that will do commissions, take on commission work?
1: I do, but I haven't recently, but I do. A lot of people message me and ask for tattoo drawings. That'd be the most frequent is the tattoo I do it sometimes when I have the free time sometimes I just don't have the time to do it it's not that I don't want to like you know help you out or do art with you it's just that the timing there but I'll do commission jobs also if say an organization wants a painting done to hang in their business I'll do that if someone needs like a logo done or someone you know I do commissions definitely if it's worth my time I'll do it but it's not something that I'm just like saying hey want to do commissions i'm here because it takes away from me doing my art and putting out the art that i want to put out and it's it's, sometimes it gets hard when you're painting for somebody else yeah it takes the joy out of it you know what i mean
0: the the spontaneous creativity
1: yeah yeah you're doing it to please someone when it's not just flowing out as this is what i'm going to put out to the world this is how it came out this is how it looks, and I'm pleased with it.
0: Well, I must say, Brandon, that the world is better with your artwork in it. I I just love your artwork and the ideas and the creativity that you have. Is there anything that, besides, I know you're thinking about masterpieces, like bigger pieces now, is there anything else that are that's in your goals for the future
1: yeah I want to start messing around with wood painting on wood I've done a wood painting before kind of liked it I want to get more into that doing Mm -hmm. paintings on wood incorporating canvas paintings on wood stuff like that I want to as far as like master paintings the master paintings come to me through my education so I'll always be learning about the culture learning the stories learning this and that and then something in the story or something I'll hear will will tell me that needs to be a painting you should do a painting of that or that needs to be incorporated in a painting so that it can live on and people can see it and so it just comes with time I have ideas but it's not what I want to do right now it, I, the, like when I do feel the like when I'm real ambitious and I wanna do it, it's when it just hits me. It'll be something I'll learn as my time going on. I'll read a book or I'll go back to studying the language or something like that. And then something will just come into my head and then I'll just say, you know what, that's gonna be a painting and then I'll put it together as the idea comes.
0: Well I'm looking forward to seeing more of your ideas in your artwork. We just the world just wouldn't be the same without artists, I think. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I want to thank you, say Yahweh, to you for joining us on this podcast. It's been so great to catch up with you and to hear about what you're doing and the family's all well and say go to Sarah for me. Mm Yeah, we'll have to you'll have to come to the powwow soon. We're having the powwow again this year.
1: Oh, okay. Keep me informed and I'll try to make plans and get out there. We'd love to come back out there.
0: Yeah, for sure. I will send you the notice as soon as it's out. Okay, so nyawe again and we will see you when we see you. Onigiwahi.
1: Oh, all right. Yep. Nyawe onigiwahi.
0: This has been the Yohate Negusana, the Road to Your Name podcast series. There are 10 episodes in this podcast series. Let's meet again on the next episode. If you would like to learn more about our organization, Aboriginal Legal Services, and the programs and services we provide, please visit us at our website, www.aboriginallegal.ca. And if you feel inclined and would like to make a donation, you can click on the word donate located at the top of the homepage of our website. You can also visit us on Facebook at Road to Your Name. This has been the Ohate Negusuna, the Road to Your Name podcast series.